humans, hello humans, hello humans, it's me, Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on lovely AM 950. Happy Saturday to you. I am talking to you barely a couple of days after Joe Cam, that's what I'm calling um, President Joe and Veep Kamala, Joe Cam, after they were inaugurated. And if it sounds like there's an extra punch in my voice, it's because there is. <laughs> Yes, it's because there absolutely is. You're hearing the sounds of hope and optimism coming from my my mouth. And it's all just so refreshing to see a president actually, like, working. <laughs> to know that he's putting the interests of the country ahead of his own self-interest. I mean, what a concept. Wow. So, uh, on to today's show. So it's going to be an Ellie's Talking Head show with simply me sharing about uh, things that make me an idealist, that make other humans idealists, telling stories, hopefully having you laughing. Maybe I might be touching your heart a little bit. I don't have a guest to interview with. Sorry. It's been a busy week for me. I've been I'm in the process of physically moving from downtown Minneapolis to Victoria, Minnesota, and uh, more about that later. But... Let us begin with an idealist who burst onto America's stage on Wednesday at the inauguration. She is all but 22 years old. I'm talking about Amanda Gorman, um, who uh, read her poem at the inaugural, um, the poem, poem titled The Hill We Climb. In a little bit, I'm, you're going to hear that poem. I'm going to let you hear that in its entirety, but first let me tell you um, about this remarkable young idealist. Some of what I'm going to share comes from a July 25th, 2018 story on understand.org by Tara Drinks. Amanda was born, so Amanda Goodman, good, excuse me, Gorman, sorry, was born in Los Angeles in 1998. She has a twin sister, and the girls were born prematurely, and their mother, Joan Wicks, feared that her daughters would have significant deve developmental problems. Uh, Joan Wicks, by the way, raised both daughters uh, on her own. As it turned out, um, there were some problems. Amanda has both a speech and an auditory processing issue. The auditory issue is about being able to react to unexpected noises. For a speech issue... Uh, she received speech therapy for a number of years. And Amanda learned uh, to read later than other kids, but once she knew how to do it, she became a voracious reader and writer. By, um, because of her challenges, Amanda herself characterized, characterized herself as, quote, that weird kid, unquote, as she was growing up. But ultimately, her intelligence and spirit they both showed through, and educators understood they had someone special on their hands. Amanda got lucky, and she attended a private school in Santa Monica. She got help with her challenges and learned in the process about poetry. With, with poetry's metaphors and lyrical words, um, poetry became a great vehicle for Amanda to express herself. Um, and her causes are about fighting issues of oppression and feminism, skin color and marginalization. My kind of idealist. Success quickly came to Amanda. Now remember, we are talking about somebody born in 1998. She is barely 22 years old. At age 16, 
While still in high school, Amanda was chosen the Youth Poet Laureate of the city of Los Angeles. The next year, when she was just 17 years old, her first poetry book, quote, the one, the one for whom food is not enough, unquote, was published. That's the title, The One for Whom Food is Not Enough, title of her very first poetry book, published when she was 17 years old. The year after that, when Amanda was 18, she founded a nonprofit. 18 years old, she founded a nonprofit named One Pen, One Page, which promotes youth writing and leadership. A year later, this is a hits parade, trust me, a year later, when Amanda was 19 years old, she was named the National Youth Poet Laureate, like national, like for the United States. Amanda then went on to attend Harvard University on a full scholarship where she studied sociology. Um, She graduated from uh, Harvard, uh, like not too long ago, like maybe last year, where she was um, a cum laude and named a Phi Beta, Phi Beta Kappa member. Uh, Amanda presently has a book deal with Viking Children's Press to write two children's picture books. Again, she is only 22 years old. And on top of all of this, when Amanda was 19 years old, three years ago, Amanda announced that she plans to run for president in 2036. (sighs) Really? You got to love this spirit. You got to love. You got to just love this human. Um, But I'm talking about Amanda because her poem, quote, The Hill We Climb, unquote, that she read at the inauguration was a hit. That poem had been written for some time, but when the January 6th insurrection occurred, she changed the wording of the poem to address the storming of the Capitol. Um, And in a second here, we're going to air the entire reading of Amanda's poem. It is a beauty and a delight. And as you listen to Amanda's words, just think about the power of the human spirit of all the challenges that Amanda overcame and continues to overcome and juxtapose those challenges, those personal challenges against the challenges that America has right now. Okay, listen as Amanda speaks of healing America. Mr. President, Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans, and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president 
only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it. Would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy, and this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith, we trust. For while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour. But within it, we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So, while once we asked. How could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert: How could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be—a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation, because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens. But one thing is certain: if we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left. With every breath from my bronze-pounded chest, we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the wind-swept Northeast, where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked South. We will rebuild, 
reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country. Our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Hello, this is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Many listeners know that I train on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming to diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on equity and dismantling racism. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change how they see the world. And now I'm doing all of my work online so everyone can attend regardless of where you're located. For more information, go to elliekrug.com. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. Better Futures Minnesota's Reuse Warehouse has big news. We have a brand new online store. Check out reusebfm.com. This is a great way to see what we carry in the Reuse Warehouse. Appliances, building materials, kitchen and bath fixtures, lighting, flooring, lumber, heating and cooling items. Don't miss the beautiful benches and COVID safety shields that are hand-built using reclaimed wood from our deconstruction projects. Check out ReuseBFM.com. That's ReuseBFM, as in Better Futures Minnesota, dot com. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on the resting soul of Galileo, king of night vision. And we're back on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Amanda Gorman, um, you know, uh, that it, she is an idealist that we will continue to hear from and about. And all that she has accomplished, she's only 22. I've, that's sixth time I've said that now because I am in awe. And we will, <laughs> when you think about the challenges that she's overcome, I mean, Come on. Uh, it's incredible. So, all right. I want to pivot from that, which is a wonderful segue into talking about kindness. And much of what I'm going to talk about here is prompted um, by a story that I saw on CBS News uh, December 20th. Uh, the title of that is Promoting the Power of Kindness. And that story talks about, in part, what it highlighted was a... Um, a documentary titled The Antidote, um, produced by John Hoffman and Kahane Cooperman, uh, which uh, came out in early December, late November, early December, which is about kindness and about acts of kindness that humans are engaging in a variety of ways. Uh, I, I've seen the trailer. I've not seen the, the movie because it's on Amazon Prime. you got to pay for it, but it's called The Antidote. Highly recommend it. But what I'm going to just talk about are some things that are highlighted in that movie as well as just things generally that was in the CBS News story. And the story in the news story begins with a Modesto, um, California high school student talking about having to teach a class of re on religion in the year 2000. Um, and the thing that made it notable it was that she, she got stuck teaching it because no one else at the high school was willing to teach about religion in Modesto because it was too much of a hot button. No one wanted it. And in the end, this teacher took it on. And what she did is she taught around the idea of the golden rule. That is, you know, how, you know, treat others how you want to treat yourself. 
which shows up in every religion, in one form or another, in one way or another. I mean, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about the Sikhs, and, and you know, the, that's exactly what the Sikh religion is about, kindness and treating other people good. I happen to be Buddhist, and the major precept of, of Buddhism is the idea about compassion for others as well as compassion for ourselves. And so then the story pivots to an Indianapolis uh, community organizer known as the Roving Listener, not because um, he asks what you need, <laughs> but he asks what do you have to offer the community, even though you may live in a challenged neighborhood? What do you have to offer versus what is it that you need? And what this person has found is that when you ask people, you take the time to ask them, what gifts do you have? You hear these incredible things. And so one of the things he said, who knew that in a four block radius of where I'm located, there were 45 gardeners? Who knew that? And he only found that out because he asked, what gifts do you have? And then the story goes on to talk about an oncologist working with the poor, who when he was still in medical school, was taught by his mentor that he needed to go and work with people experiencing homelessness. And that turned into this oncologist specializing in helping people who are challenged with homelessness with their, you know, undergoing cancer. And this oncologist speaks about how everything he learned about how to be a compassionate doctor started when he, still in medical school, went to his first homelessness you know, homeless clinic, shelter, and was taught to wash the feet of the poor. And he said that when he started doing that, all the power dynamics shifted because, you know, the person is in the chair and you are lower, you are at their feet. And he said that that made him listen and understand about the need to be kind now, I'm going to throw at you this idea that kindness is a value that underpins democracy. It is. I mean, it is kindness, the idea that we, that we should be good to each other, that we should engage in kind acts, acts of compassion towards another person, that selflessness, excuse me, selfishness, not selflessness, selfishness, doesn't work. Selflessness does. And that kindness allows us to become familiar with other humans. And it's that idea, you, if you've listened to this show for very long, you know that I'm a big proponent of the idea of human familiarity as the only pathway to get us past the crap that we're experiencing. It's the idea of becoming familiar with another human, about understanding that they too are attempting to survive the human condition just like you are. And that, you know, empathy is thought. So empathy is putting yourself in your mind in the place of this person that you're speaking with that may be experiencing a challenge. Compassion is empathy in action. It's actually moving from thought to action to helping another person. And I'm here to tell you this idea of kindness, of being kind to other humans, is fundamentally important to our country. What we saw on January 6th was the antithesis of kindness and compassion. And many of those people, 
that attacked the Capitol, they themselves feel as if no one listens to them, as if no one would be kind to them, as if they, they have lost the idea of kindness because no one expresses it to them, certainly not our elected leaders. I mean, you know, Joe Cam, <laughs> they're changing that idea because all we've heard since the inauguration is kindness from President Joe and Veep Kamala. Kamala, yes. I want to plant that bug about kindness in your mind, okay? Because when we come back from our break, I'm going to share a couple of stories with you about ordinary humans being kind to each other, and they will grab you, okay? You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, hopeless idealist, human, trying to change the world. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at elliejkrug at gmail. Follow me on Twitter at Ellie Krug. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. I look to you when I see nothing. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. If you're looking to save money on your home or building improvement project, check out Better Futures Minnesota's reuse retail warehouse in South Minneapolis. We carry salvage building materials such as cabinetry, flooring, plumbing fixtures, appliances, lighting, and more, saving you money and saving the planet by keeping these items out of the landfill, by giving them another life. Selections change daily, and we also take donations. Go to betterfuturesminnesota.com and look under Reuse Warehouse to learn more. Let us know AM950 sent you. And we're back on Ellie 2.0 Radio. Um, if you're watching me on uh, Facebook Live, you see me doing my signature seat dancing. Yes, it's quite wonderful. <laughs> I am having fun. I'm having fun. Yes, the show has moved to Saturdays from uh, when it was during the week. Um, but, you know, hopefully you get to listen to it either Saturday or Sunday because it replays on uh, Sundays from 1 to 2. And, you know, so... Um, hey, I'm enjoying it. I hope you are too. So in the last segment, I talked to you about kindness, the power of kindness. I've got a couple of stories for you right now about humans, ordinary humans engaging in acts of kindness. Now, if, if you know, I don't know if you get it, but you know, I have a newsletter called The Ripple. It goes out once a month uh, to over 9,000 people. My newsletter is about how Humans are good to each other. I mean, all that we, I mean, just go on Twitter right now and you're going to see how we don't like each other. And what I try to do is, is 
convey the idea of, of how we are good to each other. We really are. Do you know, I mean, we are good to each other millions, I mean, millions of times a day. It's just that no one knows about it because it's not sexy. That's not the thing that's going to certainly get on Fox News. Not that any of you listeners are listening to Fox News, but it's not going to get, for the most part, on MSNBC or CNN. Although I do love CNN because it does have the CNN heroes thing, and that is about people doing good. At any rate, in my newsletter for January, um, I've got uh, a couple of stories, and I'm going to share those with you right now. And and in fact, if you want to go to elliekrug.com, you'll, go, you'll find a place for the newsletter and you can actually, you know, see the newsletter yourself. But our first story uh, comes out of San Rafael, California. And there was a man, his name is Sean Curry, 57 years old. Oh, and by the way, this is uh, from a Washington Post story uh, dated January 6th. Uh, Sean Curry Someone experiencing homelessness. He, um, in the construction trades by, you know, his uh, training for a long time, uh, he was doing well, but then um, got sick um, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, ended up in the hospital, got out of the hospital, had unable to work, got into governmental housing for a while. Then that ended. And for the last several months before... um, uh, right before Christmas, for the last several months, um, had been experiencing uh, homelessness, living out of his car. And so um, on a Saturday in San Rafael, California, Sean Curry was um, going through a dumpster behind a coffee shop. And along, as he was doing that, he came across a small floral patterned fabric pouch packed with credit cards and a driver's license. Now, uh, Sean, uh, for a moment, thought about um, using the credit cards, but he decided, no, it would better to do the right thing. So um, he, he figured out from the pouch who the owner of the wallet was, and he called her. And it was 80-year-old um, Evelyn Topper, who at that point was going crazy trying to find her wallet. She had been at the coffee shop earlier uh, that morning, uh, got her coffee, put her wallet in her pocket, didn't zip the pocket, and somewhere between the coffee shop and her vehicle, the wallet fell out of her out of her pocket. So Sean Curry says, "Hey, I have the wallet, and um, would you like it back?" And she's like, "Absolutely." Got in the car, drove over to where Sean Curry was, and then Evelyn Topper um, had a conversation with Sean. So she got her wallet back. She gave Sean some money to thank him. But then what she did is that she, she talked to him and she found out a little bit about his story. And she heard, you know, about the bad luck that he had had living out of his car. And um, she was touched by it. Now, Evelyn Topper, 80 years old, has a granddaughter named Michaela. Michaela... Um, heard the story from her grandmother about this nice man, Sean Curry. And what Michaela did, her birthday was coming up, and what Michaela did was rather than ask for birthday presents, she asked if people would donate money for Sean Curry. And there's a picture in the story of, of, of her, because um, it's, of course, COVID and socially distancing, about having 
um, in her having um, on her driveway, you know, this thing, you know, donate and a little table and she's masked, her mom's masked and, and people obviously were giving money. And so she raised $475. And so that was, you know, really sort of what this story was about, that grandmother's wallets recovered by this man experiencing homelessness who engaged in an act of kindness. And then, um, and then, you know, granddaughter goes and helps. And that's really what this story was all about, okay? Um, but then in, in the Washington Peace Post, there's a reference to a GoFundMe page having been set up for Sharon Curry by Michaela's mother. Um, I think her name is Virginia. And, uh, excuse me, it's Vanessa. And, um, and it just mentions that there was a GoFundMe page raised for him. And then it just kind of goes on and ends the story. Okay. <laughs> That's what it does. And, you know, um, and I'm like, okay. But then I'm like, you know what? Let's go, Ellie. Let's go check out GoFundMe and see what, what happened. <laughs> and so I go to GoFundMe. And uh, you can you can Google this. All you have to do is Google Vanessa Topper GoFundMe. Vanessa Topper, T-O-P-P-E-R, GoFundMe for Sean Curry. And what you're going to do is you're going to come up with a GoFundMe page that lists a goal of $75,000 to raise for Sean Curry. So this is by Michaela's mother, Vanessa. Okay, so Michaela raises $475. $475. Mom says, we're going to do a little bit more than that. We're going to try and raise $75,000 for Sean Curry. Do you know how much money has been raised for Sean Curry since this thing happened? Well, as of, uh, what is this? This is Friday at 3.04 CST. As of Friday, 3.04 CST, $53,555 have been raised for Sean Curry from 1,400 people including $100 that was donated just uh, three hours ago. That was on top of another 50 donated three hours ago. $53,555 for this man because he had done the right thing. He had engaged in an act of kindness for this stranger, 80-year-old Evelyn Topper. Do you see how this works? One act of kindness begets multiple acts of kindness in return. I mean, so, I mean, if you want to be, you know, cutthroat about this, okay, think of kindness as a vehicle, all right? A vehicle for maybe something good's going to come back to you. Don't ever engage in kindness for that reason. But, you know, if that's what it takes for you to be kind to other humans, go for it. And Sean Curry, um, you know, in the column, in the in the piece from the Washington Times, you know, Washington Post, they're asking him, you know, um, you know, and, 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 and Curry's just talking about what, you know, how he feels about people trying to be good to him because he was good to Evelyn Topper. And he says, I was just so touched. It was refreshing um, knowing that people her age, referring to Michaela, 12 years old, wanted to help, he said. But then he went on to say this, quote, I believe I have a good heart. Maybe if I keep doing the right thing, more people will too. And it will change the world in a small way for the better. Unquote. That was from Sean Curry. 
person experiencing homelessness who did one small thing of kindness, one small act, and he's well on his way to getting $75,000 or whatever it will be. I mean, at this point, it's 53000 That's got to be way more than he could have ever imagined that he would have. Our second story of kindness comes to us out of Atlanta, suburban Atlanta. And it's a story about a drive-thru, fast food drive-thru. And a woman named Feroza, F-E-R-O-Z-A, Feroza Saeed, was in her car waiting. And there was a car ahead of hers. And as she was waiting in line, you know, to go pick up her food from the fast food drive-thru, she saw a man in the car ahead of hers throw uh, a full soda, you know, at the woman who was behind in the window. The reason being because the man did not want ice and he got ice in his soda, which of course is a, a legitimate, of course, a legitimate reason to throw uh, the soda at uh, the pop at uh, the woman in the window. So the man drives off in a huff. Um, Feroza comes up next. And of course the woman, you know, the fast food worker was, server was um, crying. She was high upset. She was, and, and, and drenched. And she also happened to be obviously pregnant. So Feroza felt bad about her. You know, she got her food and then she gave um, the fast food worker whose name is Brianna. I have no, I don't know her last name. And I'm telling you a story from CNN um, from Tricia Escobedo dated uh, December 18th of 2020. Um, all that, uh, that Feroza knew was that uh, the fast food worker's name was Brianna. Gave her some money, gave her extra money for a tip, a $20 tip. And Feroza drove away. But by the time that Feroza got home, she decided she was going to do something more for this woman. And Feroza apparently is, she's got a, a, a good following on social media. So what she did was she put out on social media this story about what she had witnessed in the fast food line. And she said, my followers, my friends, will you do me this favor? Will you, here's my Venmo, will you give $5 or whatever? That's what the, what the pitch was, $5 or whatever as a way to let this woman know that the world is actually good. Now, you know, and in the last story I told you, I mean, 1,400 people had given to Sean Curry. I mean, that's because humans have good empathetic hearts. We do. You need to understand that we all, the people who stormed the Capitol, in other instances, they have good empathetic hearts. But not on that day, of course. And that was a culmination of a lot of things that they had been taught. But get them away from all of that stuff. And for the vast majority, their empathetic hearts will show up too. So anyway, Feroza does this. She puts it out on social media. And what do you know? She gets $1,700 from total strangers who know nothing about Brianna other than the story that Feroza told. And in this story from CNN, we have a picture because uh, Feroza did a card, you know, uh, like a card, you know, like and write words in it and put 1700 bucks in cash in the card for Brianna and said, here you go. Not all humans are bad. Humans are good. And this is what Feroza said. 
She said, quote, doing the right thing inspires others to do the right thing. And what I keep learning again and again and again is when you see something like this, referring to the woman being abused in the, in the drive-thru, or any situation where someone is being mistreated or harmed, all it takes is one person to change the narrative, unquote. That's exactly true. Just one person to act with kindness can change the narrative. You all can do that, all of you here. So, there you go. My pitch on kindness. Ellie's talking ahead. That's what you get instead of an interview. I hope it was all right. When we come back, we'll do my C block, talk to you a little bit about something I've got in the works. Thanks. Better Futures Minnesota's Reuse Warehouse has big news. We have a brand new online store. Check out reusebfm.com. This is a great way to see what we carry in the Reuse Warehouse. Appliances, building materials, kitchen and bath fixtures, lighting, flooring, lumber, heating and cooling items. Don't miss the beautiful benches and COVID safety shields that are hand-built using reclaimed wood from our deconstruction projects. Check out reusebfm.com. That's reusebfm, as in betterfuturesminnesota.com. Hello, this is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Many listeners know that I train on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming to diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on equity and dismantling racism. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change how they see the world. And now I'm doing all of my work online so everyone can attend regardless of where you're located. For more information, go to elliekrug.com. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Okay. All right. So C Block here. Um, I'm going to talk about, let's talk about my work as a practical idealist. You know, um, I had a great experience uh, last week. Uh, the teacher at an AP English class in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, um, very well-to-do um, suburb of Cleveland, uh, reached out to me and asked if I would be willing to talk to her class about my work as being an idealist. Um, of course, that was going to be a virtual discussion. They had gotten my name. You may, uh, longtime listeners may remember that I'm the subject of a chapter in a book by um, Pulitzer Prize winning writer Gene Weingarten. I had Gene on the show, actually, about that book. And there's a chapter in his book. It's a book about one day in 1986, December 28, 86, which happens to be my 30th birthday. There's a chapter in that book about my struggle about um, dealing with my gender identity and then transitioning genders. Anyway, this class reading the book, they decided, hey, they want to read up on Ellie Krug. They want to talk to me. So um, last week for 45 minutes, I had this delightful interaction with 30 plus students. Um, they asked great questions about my work, about what I had learned in life and about how uh, the world is different for me. Uh, live it, living now for a dozen years as a woman compared to me having spent five decades living as a man. Um, it was an honor to simply have their attention and to uh, think that maybe, just maybe, 
some of my words might uh, hit their mark with these young folks, that perhaps one or two of those students might view the world just even a little bit differently as a result of my words. Uh, maybe they might even go and try and change uh, the world. Can you imagine? That's what ins- inspiration's all about. When we get inspired, we can go do anything. Um, talk to Amanda Goodman about that. In fact, I told these students that they had an obligation to make the world better. Um, and then I went and said something that I say all the time, which is making the world better is not something you fit in between yoga and take out sushi. It has to be with intentionality. It has to be something that you do every day. And that's true. All of us, that includes you listeners, um, to me right now, um, you and I owe it to all other humans to work to, every day to make the world better. And um, you can do that simply with acts of kindness, kindness, just like in the stories I've shared about in this show. All right, enough of that sermonizing. The experience with Chagrin Falls high school students got me thinking, though. Why not try to talk to high school students locally? And, as I said at the top of the show, I'm now living in rural Carver County in Victoria, two miles south of Victoria Center. I mean, I can look out my window and see a farm with cattle grazing. I love it. No question, though, um, rural Carver County is a conservative area um, where there are not many (laughs) visible transgender people like me. Um, There are not a whole lot of visible people who are other at all. And that also means that most likely there are younger humans who are LGBTQ um, or have other challenges like Amanda uh, uh, Goodman did, you know, Um, excuse me, Amanda Gorman did. (laughs) I hardly get the name right. Um, Invisible challenges that, you know, because of the way society is, they feel hidden. They feel that they cannot live and be themselves. So, um, I need to also mention that one other thing I told the students at Chagrin Falls was that they matter, that they have the right to live their lives authentically, that whatever that means, living authentically. And this is a message that every young human as well as every older human needs to hear, that you have the right to live as you. At any rate, because of that experience in Chagrin Falls, I decided that I would post on Nextdoor. You know, that's the app that creates neighborhoods across the country. Uh, as you're listening right now, I guarantee you where you live, there's a Nextdoor neighborhood um, on the Nextdoor app. And so I decided that what I would do is on the Nextdoor app, my, my neighborhood where I live in Victoria, that I would throw out on Nextdoor my offer to speak to high school students in Victoria, Chaskin, and Chanhazen, and frankly, I'm willing to talk to them anywhere. And several people responded. I mean, a couple saying that I was brave to even do the posting. Ah, don't worry. Um, But a couple suggested leads about how I could get in touch with educators. And I got the names of a couple of teachers at Chaska High who had been involved with the school's GSA. That's the Great Gay Straight Alliance. And I found the email for one of those teachers and wrote to her. Um, But unfortunately, uh, I've not received anything back. Of course, I'm persistent. And I'll keep trying. Actually, I tried again this morning. Um, uh, on this. 
But since I have this platform, okay, since you're listening to me right now, I'm going to go put out this offer. If you are connected with a high school or even a middle school, and there's an interest in having a practical idealist, someone who will come in and talk about how to get past our divisions, who's willing to come in and talk about the share, sharing the power of human compassion and kind, kindness, just like you've listened on this show, please reach out to me. My email is lajkrug at gmail.com. Go to lajkrug.com. Dot com. You can, you can get me. I, I, you know, and while I'm making this, I'll make, I'll make the offer. By the way, you know, I'm, I'm it's pro bono, okay, or for a nominal fee. That uh, there's a little wrinkle there, but we can get all. I can, you can explain that to me if you are with a church and you'd like me to hear my message about compassion and kindness. Again, reach out to me. My email lejkrug at gmail you know, and I know, I mean, this, this podcast goes to people across the world. They listen to the show on podcast. I know that that, is, that sounds, oh, no, it's not an exaggeration because I hear from people across the world about this show. And my offer to speak, okay, to schools and churches for those podcast listeners, the power of Zoom, the power of virtual, I'm making that offer to you as well. I'm willing to go anywhere in this world, online. Because I believe in my mission of speaking about compassion, the power of compassion, the power of our empathetic hearts, the power of kindness. I believe that we all can be better to each other. And I'll share that with whomever will listen. Okay. That's the show. I hope the uh, talking head has been all right. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio. If you like what you hear, tell others about the show. Remember, you can get it on pa- podcast. Um, a big thanks. I want to do a big thanks to Better Futures Minnesota. A big thanks to my producer, Brad Johnson. Uh, Br- Brad. Brett. I am all over the place with names today. Brett Johnson. Ah, Ellie. Okay, that's the great thing you get with me, Ellie Krug. It's real, okay? It's not edited. (laughs) I hope that is all right with you because I'm having fun. I hope you are. Until next week, listeners, go out. Be kind to someone, even a stranger. Let them know that you care change the world one act of kindness at a time. Talk to you next week. Thanks so very much. Bye-bye.